0: To kick off today's show, I want to thank the city of Nashville for its tremendous hospitality. I would also like to congratulate David Poyle on a phenomenal career with the 37th overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. I select goaltender Endo Mills. Endo, how are
1: you? Um, You know, it's a great honor. Uh, I want to thank my coaches that I've had throughout my, my career. Um, whether it's, you know, as a junior, as a little kid, uh, I also want to thank my mom for working really hard as a single mother. You know, I was a lonely child, but not, I was an only child, but not a lonely child. Uh, I also want to thank Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Zookie. How about yourself? We, there's some interesting to- topics you have to talk about today. Uh, Holy
0: hell is there. Uh, so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> today's show uh, as per usual, we get to talk about the positives and the uh, the negatives that came over a little bit. We get to talk the about good. the positives and the negatives of the hockey world in which Jesus Christ, there just can't help but be negatives that might not be negative long term, but that are negatives short term, at least for some people. We'll get into all of that. Yeah, Um and actually screw it, we might as well, we might as well, I guess, jump into the main portion of the show. It's gonna be very hockey heavy. But before we do that, as always, we need to mention that this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at manscaped.com, who want to remind you that you can go to, that is again, manscaped.com, and use the code Tougie, T-O-U-G-I-E for 20% off your order and free shipping. Again, when you order from manscaped.com. The best you can get, the pinnacle, the peak terms of man's grooming but grooming in general as we like to say these are universal tools My, which might be a good episode title to be honest universal tools sums us up relatively relatively well but again <laughs> there you go i mean it, it depends on who you ask let's be honest but again yeah. we want to thank manscape for sticking with the show and Um, we'll get things kicked off with the one viewer question that we're going to have for this episode, because it kind of leads us into a different talking point. A little bit short on time and want to make sure we give proper time to the, at least the biggest story of today. Uh, But this viewer question comes from one cynical blues. What's the biggest monetary value contract you expect to see given out tomorrow? Once free agency opens now, You know, the name pool is a little bit shallow for free agency tomorrow. It's not the biggest free agent class of all time. I don't know if we technically want to count RFAs, um, especially because I doubt we see anybody offer sheeted. It wouldn't be the worst decision in the world for someone to, say, go after Edmonton's Evan Bouchard, as has been talked about by Oilers fans a lot. Um, With $7.1 million in cap space, they are expecting both Bouchard uh, and Ryan McLeod to take bridge deals. And, well, Bouchard might not be up for that. So if someone sends him a decent little offer, who knows what might happen. But for UFA is, at least in terms of point total from last season, uh, you are looking at Alex Kalorn, which you would expect Tampa to be doing everything they can do to keep him. That's why they moved Ross Colton. Patrice Bergeron, whose future is still very much up in the air. Patrick Kane. Eh. (laughs) I mean, if you want to go after Patrick Kane, sure. Is he going to be commanding like seven plus million? I can't imagine. Um, Matt Duchesne is now out there, which we'll talk a little bit more about that. He and uh, a few other players were bought out of their contracts today. Uh, Then you get the likes of Max Domi. Michael Bunting, Tyler Bertuzzi uh, for defenseman. Dimitri Orloff will be out there not re-signing with the Bruins. Ryan O'Reilly is a free agent. I would be shocked if any one of those players named is able to command more than $7 million a season. I, I, yeah. I feel like, like that already, Like I would say anything over six. I don't know if there's any player on that list that I named where I'm like, yep, $6 million per sounds good. Um, but somebody will get at least that much. I mean, it, outside of Dmitry Orloff, I, I would be very nervous to see anybody get that amount of money. So I think free agency tomorrow, Endo, normally that's a day where a lot of people watch to be like, oh, who's my team going to get? But tomorrow I feel like, oh, it, the, the vibe is, oh, no. Who is my team going to pay too much money for? I feel like that's how most people are feeling today.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the one thing we'll talk about for sure is overpayments from uh, general managers who have just started their tenure. Uh, Brad, for mm-hmm. living, holy shit! Like that—that that is no offense to you, buddy. You're, you're you're probably a great GM and a great guy, but that is a massive overpayment. We'll, we'll get into more of that later. We, obviously,
0: we were going to talk about that signing, so we can do it now. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: the Leafs re-signing David Camp to a four-year deal worth two point four million dollars per. David Camp is a really solid player. He is. But that is not the type of guy that you necessarily want to be paying $2.4 million for per season when you already have three guys making $10 million per or more at the top of the roster. You know, I someone argued this because it's Twitter um yep. you know with me the other day but you look at the Edmonton Oilers resigning a fairly comparable player there are some differences but Derek Ryan fetched less than a million dollars that is exactly like that's a tremendous contract really solid bottom sixer making under a million dollars those are the type of guys that you need to really kind of cultivate that roster or you know you look at the Vegas Golden Knights and William Carrier, Keegan Colasar, both making $1.4 million, although I think Colasar uh, was technically making less for this past season. You know, that's just what you need to actually know. It is $1.4 million this year for both those two. So, you know, it's just one of those things where keeping David Camp, very good idea at that price point, maybe just a little bit rich. I don't think it'll kill him. But when you end up signing a couple of contracts like that, you get into certain cap situations that maybe you have to miss out on a deal that could have been the deal to push the team over the edge. Who's to say, but um, yeah, end out the David camp signing. Um, I, I feel like you kind of kind of on the same page as I am where it's just like, yeah, good signing, but a little bit much.
1: Yeah. Uh, good guy to keep around. I guess he wanted a little bit more money to stay around for that long. Um, which is cool. I mean, I think maybe he wanted like more money initially. I'm not going to speak for the guy because I don't. He doesn't even know who the fuck I am. But the, the general vibe of the contract probably seems like he wanted a lot of money. But they're like, okay, we'll give you the same amount of money, but just over like four years. And I want to see like what he's guaranteed in the minors too, because who knows? You could drop. Um, also, signing Pontus Holmberg that was same day as well too. How do you sign Camp for two point four and then sign Holmberg for two years at 800k?
0: I mean, I feel like like Holmberg hasn't played as much and hasn't proved as much.
1: Yeah, I just I'm waiting for, you know, uh, Sin mentioned this on Twitter. Someone's going to go crazy about the Marlies prospects of Bobby McMahon. And Bobby McMahon is an AHL legend. Okay, undrafted, unproven. Well, now proven at the AHL level. Uh, Maybe you should just give um, uh, who's your captain? Logan Shaw. Give Logan Shaw a two way deal. Have him come up as well. Why not? she is like, you, fans. You're, like you're strapped for like you're, my one thing is that you know you have to re-sign Nylander you have to re-sign Matthews you have to make an attempt to re-sign Ryan O'Reilly because he, oh, he might gone. go to the free agency yeah he's gone he is he's, he's gone yeah 100% yeah but, like you give up those deals <laughs> excuse me ridiculous like if I were a GM in this case maybe at my whole thing would be grabbing the secure guys first and then realizing what cap I have have left after not sign the little guys and then try to work around with some wizardry uh, to figure out what you're going to do to pay the big guys the money they, that they either deserve or they're going to overpay. So right now you know a little bit of an overpayment. I'm kind of skeptical to see what's happening. And then there's rumors that you know the Nylander camp and the Trilliving slash Oilers not Oilers uh, True Living slash <laughs> uh, trolley Beliefs camp are far apart which is not good news going into a contract year where he could have an insane season insane massive season and ask for a lot more money and then whoops you signed camp for a little bit too much or comp you signed sign him and now you don't have money to sign a top player for the money that he deserves
0: A shout out to Cynical Blues again for the question. But as we mentioned at the top, we do have a a lot to talk about and we will get into uh, what is the biggest story in hockey right now. And no, it's not the draft from Wednesday and Thursday, the trades, the buyouts. We'll get to all of that. Um, It is the story that broke last night and that we have continued to get information about as today has gone on. And uh, we will continue to get information about this because there's clearly a a lot in the air. But we will try to recap uh, everything that we know right now. And that is, of course, the news surrounding the PHF uh, and the future of women's hockey. And we have done our best to, you know, shine a spotlight when we can, where we can. And, um, well, hey, spotlight's fully on women's hockey right now. Uh, So... In a press release today, quote, a new women's pro hockey league to launch in January of 2024. The slated schedule, by the way, is a training camp in November exhibition games preseason in December and then the league starting in January. The new league was announced today by business and philanthropic leaders Mark and Kimbra Walter, sports icon Billie Jean King and the premier hockey federation uh, governors Johanna and John Boynton. The league will be supported financially by the Walters and led by board members, including King sports executive, Alana Kloss and LA Dodgers president, Stan Kasten. Um, this new league, by the way, as others have deemed it, I'll be calling it this throughout kind of this little recap here. We'll be calling it one league, which it won't be the actual name, but that's kind of the thing that people are going with. Essentially what has happened? Uh, one league has acquired uh assets to the phf and the phf now essentially will cease to exist the phf is is dead um and at the same time uh one league which is essentially being built upon the backs of the pwhpa the pro women's Hockey players association uh they have come to terms on a cba collective bargaining agreement in terms of All the standard stuff that you would expect, base level contracts, insurances, so on and so forth. Uh, Throughout the rest of this article, um, Mark Walter said this, quote, I have always believed that professional sports should bring the highest level of performance and organization. And this new league will have the backing and resources it needs to represent the very best in women's hockey. Uh, And again, for Mark Walter, uh, he is the controlling owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the WNBA's LA Sparks, a co-general partner of the ownership group for the Premier League's uh, Chelsea Football Club, and holds a significant interest in the Lakers as well. There are a lot more statements like this within this press release, not only from management, but also from those with the PWHPA, like their leader, Jaina Hefford, and player Kendall Coyne Schofield. Essentially, a few years ago, the PWH uh, PA became a thing where you had two leagues, uh, the uh, CWHL, which, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, um, was, of course, the one to fold, and then the NWHL, which became the PHF, if I'm not mistaken. But essentially, yes. you had this situation where two teams or two leagues were going to become one. And the members of the PWHPA said, we do not believe in the vision of the sole remaining league, the PHF. So we are not going to play. They are the group that was leading the charge for the NHL needs to help us. Like the NBA helps the WNBA so that we can have a solid foundation to try and grow the game. So essentially, in a way, the PWHPA short term, have won they have outlasted the phf they are with this ownership group that has essentially bought the phf taken the assets that they've wanted and thrown away the rest of it now excuse me so so
1: scummy i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm hopping in right now it is super scummy one thing that has it that you didn't mention too is that the cwhl the Canadian Women's Hockey League, was the first ever North American league to expand over to Europe. In this case, Asia. In this case, China, because they had the 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 Shenzhen uh, hockey team, a women's team in China, which was completely insane. Cool that they did that. And it was like, okay, cool. And then immediately after that season, they announced, hey, we're paying the women. First league to... Openly say we're paying the women and paid the women. A week after they crowned the Mar- uh, the Marco, uh, was the was Markham Thunder as champions, they announced the league has folded because they cannot afford it. And then I believe it was Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Calgary Flames, and I believe the Montreal Canadiens all had to buy out their situation because they were that far in debt. And then mm-hmm. the focus went over to the NWHL, which then became the PHF. As far as I know, the CWHL – is like, no, the, the PWHPA is like the, honestly, it's the Phoenix from the CWHL. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's what the vibes are. And some of the, the vibes, Jesus Christ, I'm such a <laughs> zoomer. um That's what the general feel of this is. It feels a lot like the CWHL where they're trying to over accomplish and over do certain things without having a set up, like a set up boundary line to really follow. And it's just like, okay, now we're gonna, we can't come to terms with you guys in an agreement. We literally own you plus ratio. This is the is basically what just happened. They just bought the fucking rights for the company, for the organization, and said, Yeah, you, you're out of a job now. Excuse me. You you're out of a job now. You work <coughs> for us. And yeah, good luck. See you. Well. Ow. Yeah. We'll get into all
0: of that. Now God. you know, I brought up that press conference because you read it and by design. It reads as, hey, this is nothing but a positive, which, of course, if you buy something, you're going to tout that acquisition as nothing but a positive as a positive. But what that article does not mention at all is the PWHF players, because as of this moment, they are all fucked yep. is the only way to put it. Um, Now, one league uh, decided to go full Vegas Golden Knights and did not notify the players ahead of time, uh most of them learning about this acquisition through Twitter like most people. They also learned that their contracts were being voided. Yep. So, to go into this. Technically, one league, PWHPA, it is not their fault inherently That these contracts are being voided. The PHF had clauses to cut contracts whenever they wanted. You know, the PHF, the big thing was we're raising the cap up to 1.5 million. We're going to try to make sure that there's a living wage here and that these, you know, that these players can play professionally and not have to have other jobs. But at the end of the day, the contracts weren't guaranteed. And there were some PHF players and agents who knew, oh, no, this is not good. And they tried to fight against this release clause, but they lost. So in this situation, the players have no protection and have just outright lost their jobs in this instance. Yeah. Now, the primary reason for this clause was that the PHF... They wanted to be able to protect themselves financially, Uh, obviously, in case of, hey, money's tight. Sorry, we can't really afford to pay your contract anymore. You got to go. Well, as was reported um, there, and this comes from Shana on Twitter. uh, Speculation tonight from some in the industry that the PHF was on shaky financial footing and may have been considered uh, considering bankruptcy. That is. Um, Endo, if you had something to interject, unless I um unless I just covered what you were gonna mention.
1: I was gonna say it's crazy. Well, now I'm gonna say something else entirely, but it makes sense as to why they would let themselves be bought out because they were going under. Another thing too is that the the basically a clause that says like fuck you, we out, is the most concerning thing about this. Not only hmm. that. Is that on the surface, they're like, hey, we're going to raise a salary cap. But in the background, they don't have any money. Yeah. How can you <laughs> like I'm not I'm not a I'm I'm not fair. I'm not an idiot. I'm almost not a genius. But I know for a fact, if I don't have money, I'm not going to announce, hey, I have more money to pay these to pay our players. Hmm. Like it just seemed like a lot of the stuff about the PHF, uh, as much as I love women's hockey and everything, was kind of like the to one up people. It's like, oh, women's hockey can't be profitable. All right, we're gonna announce more money and all this stuff. It's like, man, I just want to watch hockey, but I get like the sports not growing as fast as as it should have. But at the same time, like, shit takes a long time to build up. The what the WNBA was around for like 20 years or something like that before it became profitable. And now it's just becoming profitable.
0: Mm. So if it was true that the PHF was potentially heading towards bankruptcy, then obviously like folding the contracts for this new league makes sense as much as it sucks for the players. Um, You know, it makes sense Uh, about 120 PHF players. You're, Going into this new league, like, yes, yeah, so obviously you would want those players to have to renegotiate their contracts and to have them um, you know, sign deals that are consistent with what everyone else in the in this new one league is signing, according to that CBA that they've negotiated. Um, but then there's further issues for the PHF players where, again, they're just the ones who get boned in this situation, and it sucks. Um, right now, those players have no right to give any input in regards to that CBA that was negotiated by one league and the PWHBA players um, said players will be voting on Sunday as to whether or not to include PHF players in the CBA that they established. So right now, PHF players are still very much in limbo. um, And the PHF players don't get to vote in that discussion, it is solely down to the PWHPA players because those PHF players are not a part of the PWHPA union, in air quotes, because right. as was reported on today, um, that union technically doesn't legally exist as they're <laughs> not listed within the Department of Labor's acknowledged
1: organized unions. Oh, my um, God. So it's literally you can't sit with us. It's it's we're going to vote. we're You're voting on someone else's behalf. That's so stupid. You already have your CBA agreement. You're not going to be like, oh, should we include these people in an agreement that they have no say in, which may have certain things, certain clauses that they don't agree to? No. OK, but they're, they're allowed to be with us. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's it's. This is like a first of the modern sport era that it, that a league buys out the, the property of the league, scorches Earth, and then says, "We can let you play with us, but you can't vote as to what you you can' play with us, but we can vote if we're going to want you in or not." And you have no say. This is the CWHL 2.0. This is scary. This is even worse for women's hockey in North America than anything ever before. I saw some women who recently signed over in Europe with the, the, the WSHL with the Women's Swedish Hockey League. They they're probably breathing a sigh of relief right now to not have to deal with this headaches with now mm. knowing that you know you don't have a job. You don't have this. You know, people are gonna say, you know, hockey's like a hockey's a privilege. Yeah, it is a privilege, but you took away their job they they took our jerks they they took our they took our jerks <laughs> it's fucking Man. hilarious it's sad but it's hilarious at the same time
0: so in this new one league uh, pwhpa players will have priority access it appears at least to the contracts in the new league and yeah most phf players as it stands will um, you know essentially be treated like late summer UFA editions, as, as Shane of, you know worded it here. Um it it just it just sucks. It just sucks. Um you know again like essentially if you're not drafted into this new league, you know, you're gonna have to go through a tryout. And then there's the other situation of some of the women in the PHF. Um What if their way of staying in the United States or Canada was tied to the fact that they had a job as a professional athlete? And now that they lost that job, there's no guarantee that you keep that work visa to stay here. That is a potential other aspect that we have to wait to see if one league will do anything about to help out these particular players. So I don't, in some ways, I don't view one league as inherently evil or the PHWPA. In the in the idea of like, okay, if it's true that the PHF was going under, somebody swooped in to try and save the day. And obviously with that one league swooping in, they were tied with the PHWPA. Obviously the women in that quote unquote union are gonna get the first crack because this is what they were fighting for, as opposed to the women that said, Well I'm gonna go play in the PHF. I'm not gonna hold out It's a very messy situation. And again, it's not resolved. Um, You know, Ian Kennedy mentioned this. Um, A source involved tells me the new single entity owner does not like the current PHF team names, and they will likely be changed. Um, As well, the league is going to be going from seven to six teams, six teams of 23 players each, with uh, presumed three Canadian teams and three American teams, with it being likely that, the Connecticut Whale, the Buffalo Buttes, and the Boston Pride
1: oh. aren't
0: going to be a thing anymore. Um. <laughs> oh. It's, um, it, it's it, God, it's, the only way I can think I, to wrap this up is in conclusion, right? Like, most felt, myself included, that one League for women was going to be the best thing for women's hockey, but how we're getting there, it's its a little bit more of a bloodbath than I think we expected. Perhaps we should have expected it to be like this, but now that it's here and you see how people are being affected, it just doesn't feel right and again time will tell if this is going to ultimately be a good or a bad thing um for women's hockey i think we all hope that it will end up being a positive but yeah right now it's it's very very difficult to not look at the situation and and get a bad taste in your mouth
1: yeah man this is rough like I'm looking back at that. Like I'm looking at the names for stuff like this and like the names for like, I'm just looking at the names being like, yeah, this person is probably saying like, oh, bring back the, you know, the affiliation with the NHL and everything and how they had like Toronto Furies. Uh, what is it? The, what were the other teams? Like Mississauga Chiefs. Oh, man. Like there's so many different teams here. Yeah. So it was the Shenzhen KRS Bank Arrays, which is based out of Shenzhen, China how the fuck are you going to fly to China to play hockey games? I'm looking back at like revisionists now, right around the CWHL, and just how the fuck are you going to fly to China for hockey games? I think they did like one trip to China. And then, you know, Toronto Furies, Vancouver, and they had the Canadien de Montreal, Calgary Inferno, uh, Markham Thunder. You could tell what these teams were all affiliated with. Like, yeah. It's crazy. And this is just super messy. And. <sighs> I, I got, I got nothing else to say but just this is nuts. You, you, you can't get it rid of, out, right? yeah. You can't get rid of the staple teams with the PHF. You were you just finished expanding over the Montreal and you had your seven teams. You don't you don't go back. You need to keep those seven, to keep it established. Like I don't care if it's like a revenue thing. There's no arenas there. Like you don't even have a league playing yet. Maybe it has something to do with you know playing in the same rink size because the Toronto six were playing out of a international size rink. And then you go to like the Boston pride, they're playing out of like a junior size rink and kind of taking what you can kind of thing. I know like it's just, just a lot, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it's just one of those situations where right now we, we just don't know. Um, and obviously you, you hope that it's gonna work out, but that—that's all we're kind of stuck with right now. Is like okay. We we have to hope for the best, and that's kind of where fans of women's hockey have have been for the past bit. Is all right. We just gotta hope for the best, and then it gets it gets more difficult to do so based off of days like this. So we'll continue to follow it as I'm sure most people will. But it, it's it's been a, a weird near twenty four hours since this word came out. Um, We will move on to talk about the NHL and everything that's gone on. Obviously, we're gearing up for free agency tomorrow, um, maybe even today by the time this is posted. But, of course, the draft was on Wednesday. There was the draft itself, all the trades, the buyouts that have happened. Um, But in regards to the draft, you know, people are asking me, hey, you're going to do a live stream? And I'm like, "Ah, I don't I don't know. Um, And the reason why I didn't want to do a live stream for the draft is it's boring. Let's be honest, it's pretty boring. Um, similar, and I mentioned this before, to the NHL awards of, I can't believe this guy won, I can't believe that guy lost. I can't believe this writer voted this way, I can't believe this writer did this. We do that every year. The Hockey Hall of Fame. I can't believe this person made it, and I'm glad this person made it in. Can you believe this person didn't make it in? Oh my god. It's the same thing every year. And the draft. Get ready, there's gonna be a bunch of Trades. And then there hardly ever is. (laughs) And get ready. This is going to be crazy. Oh, I can't believe this team took that guy. And that team didn't take this guy. And this guy, third rounder, 97th overall. This guy is going to be a fucking steal. Let me tell. It's the same thing every year. And the bottom line is nobody fucking knows. The Beaver Tim put out a headline. Winners and losers of the 2023 NHL draft based on the five minutes of research I did right before it started. (laughs) Sums it up fucking perfectly. Like, look, we don't know. I get part of the fun. I'm not here to yuck someone else's yum. I get it. If you you have that interest in just being like, all right, let's be reactionary because it's fun. Cool. All right. Cool. But at the same time, man, it takes like five years. I would say five. You could maybe argue four. You know, in four years ago, you'd be arguing, okay, um, Alex Turcott, fifth overall pick. Moritz Sider went sixth overall. And I'm sure people remember the reaction to that of, who, what? They took Moritz. And then look at how Moritz Sider turned out. But on draft night, it was, lol, what's Iserman doing? And then the smart people are like, no, actually, he's going to be great. And then guess what? We had to wait to see what was going to happen because that's how it works. But if you look like five years on from a draft, you can start to see like, okay, yeah, that was a risk that paid off or that was a mistake. You know, Montreal taking a in the Emmy instead of Brady Kachuk. Um. You had Barrett Hayton and Philip Zadina going fifth and sixth, while Quinn Hughes went seventh overall. Uh, Vitali Kravtsov went ninth overall. He's heading back to the KHL. Like, you kind of get to see what I mean as to who were the mistakes. You can go back on Elite Prospects, and they'll always have uh, towards the bottom of the page where somebody was ranked heading into that particular draft. And you can go back and see, like, okay, sure, here, here's where the mistakes were made. These were actually fine. You get to this year's draft, though. Connor Bedard goes first overall. We all knew it's The obvious hope is that he turns into the and is the generational talent that's advertised. End of the day, we don't know. Maybe he won't be. That's the crazy thing about this sport. But it was fun to be like, oh, shit. Anaheim took Leo Carlson second overall, but we don't know if that's a mistake yet. We don't, but a few years from now, again, give it at least four to five. You're going to be able to look back on this draft and we're going to know, did Anaheim fuck up by taking Leo Carlson over Adam Fantilli? It certainly felt like it on draft night, but it might work out. I'm just, I'm not a fan of being overly reactionary. And then You know, fourth overall, you get San Jose taking Will Smith. And then Montreal at five, Arizona at six. We'll find out. Philly gets Matt Vamichkov, seventh overall. On paper, home run. But we just don't know. And it's not because of the, oh, he's going to be in the KHL for three years. Most prospects are in junior or in the NCAA for three years. All of a sudden, though, it's Russia, like, it's going to be fine, more than likely. But we don't know. Maybe San Jose made the right choice taking the Fresh Prince. Holy shit, was that cringy, though, getting him to sing the fucking song at the panel. My God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, your name's Will Smith? Have you heard of a Have you heard of the actor?
1: Oh, man, white people, white people. God white people. Why 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 <laughs> white people? Why are you white so white? <laughs> I'm joking. But just God. God. It's
0: beautiful, isn't it?
1: Jesus.
0: It's beautiful. Um, right before
1: we started, I was like, yeah, I'm turning this off. No, I'm gone. Was it that in the in the all-star game? I feel not the All Star game for the the award show. I feel bad yeah. for that kid because he was reading a script that kid, that child, I would say, was reading mm. a script off of a teleprompter. So like, mm. I feel kind of I feel some mercy for, for that kid a little bit.
0: There were some interesting moments. I mean, man, the, this week for the NHL in terms of cringe, though, between the awards and the draft, poor Carrie Price.
1: Oh, man. with the
0: fifth overall pick the Montreal Canadiens select David up comes another white guy Reinbacher. David Reinbacher. <laughs> I
1: oh, we told him to do that
0: I, Fuck, I, yeah, man. I was so I was watching the draft uh, Beyonce's oh. on the couch next to me and she was playing Stardew Valley on, on the switch and the silence was so deafening. Even she looked up. She's like, what's happening right now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someone who gives no fucks for Hawkey to be oh like, what happened? Is he OK? <laughs> Does he need a hug? Dude, oh, like, man, I
0: was legitimately thinking like, oh, I like uh, like legitimately the, the thought crossed my mind. Of like, Is he having a stroke? Like, is Carey Price going through a fucking medical event? And thankfully not. Like, it was, you know, an innocent mistake of just he fucking blanked on the name. Um, but whew, that was that was something. But um, as cringy as that was, it wasn't nearly as cringe as the reaction of Habs fans on social media to David Reinbacher.
1: Oh, um, no. OK, before, before we go into depth with that, I will say this every year there is usually one or three polls halfway through the season that says, which is the worst hockey fan base in the NHL? And Hmm. usually it's always like Leafs or whatever team talks so much like the, the, the canes and stuff like that. I, we, I know we have some fans who listen to this podcast, but I know it's not indicative of the entirety of the fan base, but for you guys to, literally harass a 18 year old draft prospect Mm. for getting picked and to basically live out his basically short lifelong, because he's only 18 short lifelong dream of being in the NHL, getting his name called up at any point is absolutely disgusting. I know Leafs fans are also terrible and parasitical, but we do not go as far as to make Adolf jokes because he is also Austrian.
0: Yeah. That is that
1: disgusting.
0: Was, yeah. That um I wasn't sure whether or not I even wanted to to mention that aspect of it. Yeah. Because it's, Jesus, you'd like to think it's only a few people who have done that, but it might not be. Um Habs reporter for The Athletic, Arpon Basu, is noting that they might not bring Reimbacher over due to the, the backlash. Now, I would like to think like that that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, if David Reimbacher is ready to play in the NHL, I would like to think an NHL team is not going to risk stunting that player's development because of whinging dickheads on Twitter. You know? I, I'd like to think that you wouldn't trend towards giving them that power you simply can't yeah like and the problem now is those psychopaths are gonna think oh see david reinbacher he's playing in austria again this season we succeeded they they you know they left him over there because of us so now it kind of puts him in a uh, you know it puts me in a situation where i'm actively rooting for him to make the nhl this season which i hope is the best thing for him and again it's just that it's that crazy fucking nonsense man Of like look we don't know we don't know i i don't like like i agree it's fun to see okay here's what people are saying the rankings should be here's what fucking patrick bacon top down hockey's model says and (laughs) oh we got we got this guy 38th he was projected 12th and then Uh, The Coyotes took a guy sixth overall who was projected 470th and fucking tap dance, but you simply don't know. You don't. And there's so many different aspects to player development, where that guy plays, how much effort he fucking puts in, the resources that are available, whether or not they stay healthy. You just don't know how the fuck it's going to pan out. I understand the fun of it, but especially, too, in a situation where someone like David Reinbacher. Um, who is hopefully being kept off of fucking social media, but for an 18-year-old, good luck keeping an 18-year-old off of social media. Um, It's just, he doesn't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. Um, Arizona taking Dmitry Simashev, sixth overall. That might work out. We don't know. Same thing with Vancouver taking Tom Willander 11th overall. Oh, but all of the projections say... That he's, he's not worth that pick. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, it's the most frustrating thing to me. It's just this idea of, well, uh, TSN had Tom Willander uh, eighth, according to Craig Button, but Bob McKenzie had him 20th. So taking him sixth, it, it, like, yeah, on paper it's a reach, but teams reach for players all the time and succeed. I think I think I've made my my point clear really. Yeah. Um again it, it's just it's the same discourse every single year and I just can't anymore. I can't. Um and look even with Toronto 28th overall Easton Cowan it might work it might not.
1: Yeah, you know, this I mean, is a guy a, yeah who
0: you know Bob McKenzie's TSN ratings had him at 53 um, elite prospects always does their consolidated rankings, which is basically taking all these other outlets and then averaging out where they're going to be. He was ranked 70th, but the Leafs also had that 28th overall pick. And then was it, they didn't have another pick until the fifth round. Fourth round. I think it was the fourth, so
1: fourth or fifth round.
0: Like clearly for them, it's like, all right, I'm sure they looked into trading options and then said, you know what? No, this is our guy and it will work or it won't. Oh. But for now, like I said, I just, I, you can see the negative. Like, what's the negative? Oh, well, the rankings had him here. What's the positive? Well, you read a scouting guide. You sit there for Easton Cowan and see, okay, first full year in the OHL, 53 points in 68 games. That's not bad. But then you also see 21 points in 20 playoff games at the London Knights. And all of a sudden, you can start to see what the Leafs were looking at. That, like, hey, yeah, no, this guy should be a first-round pick. Like I said, five years from now, we'll know for sure. Um, and then, of course, the, there's the whole second round thing where it's like, I can't believe Kasper Haltonen Andrew Cristal, Ethan Gauthier fell to the second round. Every single year, players fall to the second rounds. Like I remember a couple of years ago, it was uh, Kaliev on the Kings where people yep. were like, top 10 pick, and then he went like 33rd. And it's like, oh my God, they're they're gonna regret that. And it's like, he's been he's been okay so far. Like he's been okay so far for the Kings. He's on their roster. Let's see, what did he have? Twenty eight points in fifty six games last year. Like he's an NHLer. He's not this super stud at twenty two years old. He uh, just turned twenty two actually. But again, he still has time to develop. I just. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old and crotchety that I have these opinions about the Hall of Fame, the awards and the draft. But
1: I will say it's it's the same story over and over. Yeah, I will say Aiden Fink falling to seventh round when he was projected to go like 92nd in the prospects, 125th. Dude went 218th in Nashville, and that was the trade that was given. That was the pick that was given to David Poyle. Mm. Yeah, so uh, He's undersized, yeah But he's got like two AJHL championships and won several Accolades in the AJHL uh, Last season So, like He had 97 points in 54 games 97 As an undersized mm. guy, and I he's going to go to the Penn State University next year Probably for two, three years Get gets education You know, get that Get, the, get your money, get your brain up and then probably go play in the A slash in the N. I, I looked a little bit at some of his highlights. He looks pretty decent. Granted, he's like 5'9", 154. But at the same time, he's, he's a young guy. He's still growing. He can still size up by 20.
0: Yeah. And I mean, again, that's just... That's the thing of it. You have, you have to wait. I understand how fun it is to go with the reactionary aspect of it. But... I, like I said, whether it's, I I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, especially the negative side of things like the Ryan Bacher stuff. But even the, the overly positive of like, oh my God, this fourth round guy that we got is going to be a star every year. Every year we do this. It's, it's just gotten old for me. It has. I look forward to seeing how things play out and how we look back on this draft five years from now, because that That's where the excitement is for me, is this is definitely a draft that we're going to look back on and see huge swings and misses. But then there are going to be at least a couple of teams with these, you know, controversial first rounders that absolutely got it right. And I think Montreal is probably one of them with David Reinbacher. We'll yeah. see how well that ages. Um, but yeah, same thing every year. Um, to wrap it up, the trades, the buyouts that it happens, um, first and foremost, Corey Perry was acquired by Chicago for a seventh-round pick in 2024, and he has now signed a one-year deal worth $4 million, the same exact contract as Nick Foligno, Endo Mills, Cap Wales, Exist, NHL Franchise Mode is real, For anyone who's ever said, Doogie, you play this game like a psychopath. It's not realistic at all. Suck my dick. I was right. (laughs) Cap wheels exist in the NHL. I win. My win. Good day.
1: I will say, how do people not understand cap wheels existing when Matt Murray got $6 million from Ottawa? (laughs) Matt Murray got $6 million from Ottawa. (laughs) End of discussion. I love Matt Murray. He's great. He's he's a good goalie when he's healthy. But if if Matt Murray can get six million, man,
0: don't let your don't let your memes be dreams.
1: Uh, (sighs) Ah,
0: there was well, and and to this point, like Corey Perry in Chicago. I know a lot of Ducks fans are sad because I mean it's Corey Perry in Chicago. I don't, I don't blame Corey Perry for securing the bag, right? Like, he does technically have a Stanley Cup already, so why not, uh, you know, why not essentially secure the bag here late in your career? Um, and for Chicago, I mean, again, you get veteran insulation for what will be a relatively young group. Um, someone goes after Connor Bedard. Don't worry. Next shift, Corey Perry will be right out there on the fourth line to try to punch someone in the face who wasn't even on the ice. <laughs> <When> Connor <laughs> Bedard got attacked.
1: Um. Because Enforcers, am I right? Oh but. man. I love how Corey Perry just kind of morphed into this. Like he was always like an aggressive guy, but now we just like <laughs> old man, old man Jenkins just on the ice, just fucking punching people. <laughs>
0: Well, Jesus, apparently Milan Lucic is rumored to go back to the Bruins, so we'll... Oh, uh... let's go! (laughs) A lot of people are upset about that, but I'm like, man, as long as he's getting league men or close to league men, I wouldn't care at all. I'd be, you know, I mean, look, you know, I kind of talked about it last time uh, when Danny was on the show in regards to the Bruins. You know, it's one of those things where they took their shot. They missed... But they took their shot. Now you got to suffer the consequences. You lose Taylor Hall. Like, yeah, you're going to need people like Milan Lucic to come in and you know fill up a roster spot. That's it's bound to happen. Um, oh yeah, someone who will give, not be. Go ahead.
1: Give Lucic two million. Jesus, no thank. The you. trend of just overpaying people, out of crazy, just do it. Just do it. That's the way.
0: Um, uh, someone who will not be taking up a roster spot, surprisingly, is Kyler Yamamoto, who, alongside Clem Costin, uh, was acquired by the Detroit Red Wings for the Edmonton Oilers from the Edmonton Oilers for future considerations. Me, uh, however, Yamamoto was bought out today by Detroit. Um, now, it's it's kind of surprising, but it's also not. Um, as a lot of people noted, buyout rules are different players that are 25 or younger instead of paying two-thirds of their remaining salary you only pay a third so Yamamoto's cap hit this season would have been 3.1 million Detroit now only has to pay 430,000 against the cap this season and 530,000 against the cap next season so essentially you acquired Clem Costin for nothing and clearly this shows that oh they have other kind of irons in the fire right now in regards to what they're planning i would think it's alex debrinkit and bringing him back home to michigan but we'll see what happens there but yeah kyler yamamoto uh will be a, a free agent and you know that's that's another one of those players where you know you can kind of look back at the you know, at the Oilers and, and that at his trend, like he was 22nd overall in the 2017 draft. Um, You know, that's about where he was projected to go in that draft. Uh, TSN, Bob McKenzie had him at 24th in that mm-hmm. draft. So it's like, oh, for the Oilers, it's like, cool, you get a guy pretty much right where he's expected to go. Awesome. And it, it just hasn't worked. Like he's been, he's been okay has a career high of 41 points in 81 games played in the 21-22 season like he's an NHLer but again it goes to show about the draft and um you know to that point actually I should mention it too in regards to Oilers picks not working out um the FC from the 2016 draft um it was announced that the Carolina Hurricanes aren't going to extend him a qualifying offer Uh, And the word is that he just had his second double hip surgery in the past, like, five years.
1: Oh, Um, man.
0: Again, this is a guy in the draft who was projected consensus. Top three. This is the third overall pick behind Matthews and Laine. Columbus went with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And that was viewed as risky at the time. But it worked in part because... Willie Arvey just got struck with horrific injuries that you can't help but feel for the guy, but you know, you hope his career is not over, but Jesus Christ, he's 25 years old and has already had two double hip surgeries. It's not looking too good, but you hope for the best for him. And yeah, pretty, uh, pretty rough. There's not a good transition out of that. Uh, Chicago, along with acquiring Corey Perry, also acquired Josh Bailey in a 2026 second rounder from the New York Islanders for future considerations only to then buy out Josh Bailey (laughs) because Chicago still has $21 million in projected cap space. That's why um, Bailey will count for $2.6 million against the cap this season and $1.1 million against the cap next season. He is 33 years old. And, um, well, had 25 points in 64 games for the Islanders last year, a long ways away from his career high of 71 points in the 2017-18 season. So be intrigued to see what's next for Josh Bailey. But, yeah, it's kind of sad to see someone who is a really solid player literally just be used as a pawn for, I mean, Chicago to acquire a second round pick and to pay you to not play for the team. And the Islanders, so desperate to get rid of that contract, gave up a second-round pick to do it. That's uh, ew, you know, it's it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Hockey's not a pretty business. That's what we're getting down to. Um, the yep. Abs acquired Ross Colton from Tampa for a second-round pick in this year's draft. It became Ethan Gauthier. Um, honestly, pretty good deal. I would I would say for the abs they get a player who's a little bit more ready. Tampa gets to restock the cupboard a little bit. And then there's the trade and know that broke about 10 minutes after we got done with the show with Danny on Tuesday. Uh the New Jersey Devils acquired Tyler Toffoli from Calgary for Yegor Sharangovich and a third round pick this year that became Adar Suniev. Uh Sharangovich re-signed two-year deal, 3.1 million dollar cap hit. For Calgary, I mean, you get a prospect and a roster player, a solid player, but he's not quite Tyler Toffoli, but Toffoli made it clear he wasn't going to sign in Calgary. So I think the Devils did a great job of swooping in and getting an upgrade for not that much. Calgary, you could argue they could have done a little bit more. But yeah, the Devils and the Eastern Conference in general, but Jesus Christ, the Devils. I would be very surprised if they don't make, at the very least, if they don't make a cup final in the next three to five years, Tops. And Endo agrees. Uh, they also Sorry, re-signed I was just looking Timo Meijer.
1: I, I was just looking at Twitter and, you know, Christian That's Fisher not getting, yeah, going to can and qualify are, and, and Steve Dangle's like, yeah, well, Shane Doan's a Leaf, so like, we're going to get Christian Fisher. I'm like, Steve. <laughs> you guys might. Steven, please stop this. There we go. <laughs>
0: Devils also kept Timo Meyer eight years, eight point eight million dollars, which is a tremendous eight? deal given that his qualify yeah straight eights. Uh, hey, did you know is his number eighty eight? Did he did he do a Mitch Marner? Did he do a Mitch Marner? I'm pretty Timo, sure he what did. Num- what number you wearing, honey? Uh, he was wearing ninety six. Never mind. Okay, close not enough. A number eighty eight. He couldn't he get nine point
1: six mil, so that's why he went eight. <laughs> I
0: can't wait for it to be announced. He's wearing eighty eight next season.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: And uh the last big uh deal was Pittsburgh acquiring Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights, so one of the misfits uh, departs the team, 2024 third round pick. Um Pittsburgh, great deal for them to get a player like Riley Smith. Vegas uses that money to re-sign Ivan Barbashev at 5 years, 5 million per. I I don't know. I don't know how I, I, I love the deal for Pittsburgh. Time will tell with Vegas. Did they make the right choice in moving on from Riley Smith and keeping Barbashev, or should you have let Barbashev go to free agency and keep uh, an original expansion pick for that roster? And then the final thing, a couple of buyouts to talk about because cool. we mentioned it. I hate the feeling of like, oh, we're rushing, but again, we, uh, we got limited time today. Um, but yeah. we mentioned the Yamamoto buyout earlier. He wasn't the only one. Um, Matt Duchesne, Mike Riley, and Blake Wheeler have all been bought out. Um, Duchesne in Nashville, his contract was seeing him be paid $8 million for the next three seasons. And a seven-team no-trade list was going to be kicking in tomorrow had he still been on the team. So instead of the $8 million against the books... Nashville will be uh, held to 2.5 million against the cap this year, 5.5 next year, then 6.5 million, and then three years of one and a half million against the cap. Uh, Fair play to Barry Trotz. (laughs) He's getting aggressive, retaining 50% on Johansson, this buyout of Duchesne. Like he's taking this team in a new direction, but... That is a lot of fucking money to pay for someone to not play for your team.
1: Have fun replicating that in NHL 24.
0: (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You're right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The fuck are you going to do that? Jesus.
0: Oh, fuck. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's weird.
0: (laughs) I've had some moments of. Like, oh, shit, what do I do? Because some of these salary cap retentions don't work perfectly. They just don't. Yep. Um, yeah, that one's going to be a bitch, an absolute bitch to try to replicate in the game. So uh, feel yeah. free to on my uh, and I saw Twitter, by the way, there is some breaking news. I'm going to bring up in a second in case that's what you're reacting to. Um, but yeah, there there are some deals that are just a, a pain in the ass. So if you see Romaniosi making $12 million in my uh, post free agency roster update on the xbox series consoles um yeah that would be why um said breaking news i just referenced chris johnston reporting that the vegas golden knights have signed a two-year extension with aiden hill worth a 4.9 million dollar cap hit
1: uh it's the i don't know what it is but goalies on like impending like things with the with the cup they just get they just get the ring. They they show the ring on the table. They put it down and they go pay up and they just get money.
0: That is that a lot also, of money.
1: Yeah, that's scary.
0: That uh, yeah, it doesn't bode well for Robin Leonard.
1: Yep, about to say that does not because you are at not all.
0: paying Aiden Hill that much money if you're expecting Robin Leonard to be back, whether or not he's dealt or if he's LTIR again. Um, Robin Leonard will not be a Vegas Golden Knight next season one way or another if you're giving Aiden Hill $4.9 million. That's just a fact. Yep. So uh, good for Aiden Hill, I think, is the best response people can make. Good for him. Nobody would have ever expected, you know, when he was dealt from the Coyotes to the Sharks and the Sharks to the Golden Knights, that here he would be as a Stanley Cup champion making $4.9 million a season. Fucking good for Aiden Hill. Goddamn. God damn. Uh, Also, uh, Nashville, just to go back to that really quickly, Matt Duchesne, his cap hit, uh, which again, 2.5, 5.5, 6.5, and then 1.5 for three years. They also have Kyle Turris' buyout costing them $2 million against the cap for five more seasons. (laughs) 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 So Nashville, you are... You are paying this upcoming season a grand total. Let me add this fucking absurdity up really quickly. They have $8.8 million in dead cap for this upcoming season between Ryan Johansson, Matthias Eckholm, Matt Duchesne, and Kyle Turris. $8.8 oh. million in dead cap. Next season... That dead cap between those four players is 11.8 million. So in 2024 25, they will have nearly 12 million dollars in dead cap in Nashville. So hopefully, Endo didn't just drop or disconnect from us, but uh. His audio did cut out. We'll hope that he's still with us. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's true. I mean, Nashville did very well recently. Um, and you have to, you, know, you can't really question why, like, UC Soros, um, his name's out there. You have to wonder what Roman Yossi and uh, Philip Forsberg feel like, each of them with at least five years left on their deals. Um, we might have lost Endo, so I'll go through it really quickly. Uh, the Boston Bruins buy out Mike Riley. Um, he was going to be making $3 million against the cap. Instead, it will cost the Bruins $333,000 this season and $1.3 million next season. Indeed, we have lost Endo Mills. Um, and Blake Wheeler, entering the last year of his deal at $8.25 million, gets bought out, so it will instead cost the Jets two point seven five over the next two years. He was the sole surviving thrasher on the Jets roster. There are no original thrashers left. And there are only three left in the league. Blake Wheeler, Evander Kane, and Zach Bogosian. I'm going to wind this down just in case we have some technical issues out of this. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, supporting the show. We will be back next week. Uh, Endo, of course, you can catch wherever all his name changes. Uh, But uh, I should be live tomorrow during the start of NHL Free Agency. At least that is my hope. So keep an eye out on the Twitch side of things. And, of course, YouTube, all the fun stuff. You guys know the deal. For now, though, thank you very much again for supporting the show, and we will see you all next week.